Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the uh, Go For Two podcast. I'm your host, Cargo. Um, so this is also, like I said, a uh, four-part segment of the AFC and uh, where I take each team and I do just kind of a roster redo, kind of break down what happened last year, go over the stats, see what they did in the offseason and free agency in the draft, and kind of take a look into the uh, crystal ball and see how they're going to do for 2020. Uh, so today... Um, is July 24th. It's uh, National Tequila Day. So if you are drinking, uh, please drink responsibly. Uh, take a shot for me. Greatly appreciated. And also, uh, yesterday, July 23rd, uh, it was my late father's birthday. So he would have been 68. So I just wanted to go ahead and share that with you guys. It's just a uh, beautiful Friday here. Uh, in my apartment. I'm here with my boy Tyson, uh, just kind of hanging out and, um, you know, making some videos for y'all. You know, like I said, we're doing uh, each division breakdown. So it's a uh, four-part segment to each division. Um, This division we're about to go over is the uh, AFC North. Yeah, defend the North. Um, Starting off with the Baltimore Ravens. So I'll kind of just kind of jump into it. Uh, You know, they went 14-2 last year. Uh, First in their division, lost in a divisional round of the playoffs to the Tennessee Titans, which right now we'll go a little bit more in-depth to that game in a second. Um, They are led by John Harbaugh going into his 13th season with the Baltimore Ravens. A great coach. One of those guys about culture and tradition. Doesn't matter who he has playing for him. They're going to have their team ready to go. You know, just an absolutely phenomenal coach. Him and, and Mike Tomlin are just those guys that, you know, hey, not everything is going our way, but, you know, we're, we're going to be ready to play no matter what. Uh, offensive coordinator Greg Roman comes into his second season. This is the second sting with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, he's also just one of those quarterbacks, uh, those coaches that uh, knows the, uh, the read option very well, which is very popular right now in the NFL. Defensive coordinator Don Martindale is third season as defensive coordinator, you know, and what the Ravens do so well is not only develop their players, but develop their coaches. Don Martindale was uh, an assistant, assisting, you know, coach and moved his way up to the ranks as a uh, linebacker coach and now defensive coordinator. Uh, So many times these great coordinators, they get jobs somewhere else. So they just promote within. And I think that's just a testament to the, um, the front office and the staff as well. Uh, Chris Horton, special teams coordinator, former NFL player uh, in the third season, um, huge to the Baltimore Ravens. Um, he came out in a consistency ranking. Um, I'll kind of get into that here in a second as well. The GM, Eric DaCosta, uh, phenomenal GM. It's it's just very rare that you have a head coach and GM that are just are on the same page and uh, you know, good things happen when they are on the same page. So last year, what the Baltimore Ravens did on offense, uh, you know, this is really different to what we did in the AFC East, where some of these teams were not stellar offensive teams by any means. Uh, but this was one of the best offenses last year. The Baltimore Ravens averaged 33 points a game, which was first in the NFL. 407 yards of total offense per game, second best in the NFL, passing yards, 201 yards, 27th best, 
They look to improve that number. Uh, rush yards was 206 yards. Uh, first in the NFL, head and shoulders above everybody else. And this stellar offense was led by uh, MVP Lamar Jackson. 66.1% completion rating. Uh, threw for 3,100 yards. Second, 22nd most in the NFL. 36 touchdowns, which is first in the NFL. Uh, six interceptions, uh, so it's a great ratio for him. Um, he also did it on the ground, you know, 1,200 yards rushing. Um, he was the sixth best NFL rusher last year, sixth best, uh, which is crazy to think about as a quarterback. Uh, you know, seven touchdowns on the ground, over 40 touchdowns for him last year. You know, Mark Ingram the second, uh, not too shabby for him, just – just a little over a thousand yards last year, 14th best in the NFL. You know, this is a guy that we always think that, you know, he's going to take a step back and regress. You know, that's just the way running backs are when they get older. But um, he truly gets better as the season goes on. Finished with 10 touchdowns. Even Gus Edward had over 700 yards rushing, uh, five yards to carry for him uh, to go along with that explosive running game. Uh, Mark Andrews was the leading receiver last year, 852 yards. 10 touchdowns for him, which was second most uh, in the NFL. Marquise Brown was second leading wide receiver on that team with 584 yards, uh, seven touchdowns. He was a guy that came on really strong last year. And then the injuries to the hamstrings, uh, you know, kind of held him back just a little bit. So this year he looks to stay healthy and try to make a more explosive impact for that offense it's always so good uh, offensive line only gave up 28 sacks last year which was fifth best in the nfl some defensive stats for you real quick uh, 17 points a game allowed uh, third best in the nfl 300 yards allowed on total offense which is fourth best and the way that breaks down is about 207 yards allowed on offense sixth best and then uh, rushing yards, 93 yards allowed, fifth best in the NFL. 37 sacks, um, 21st most in the NFL. They look to improve that number. 13 interceptions, uh, tied for 12th best in the NFL. Um, some key additions. Uh, I wanted to kind of start off with Marcus Peters last year uh, was an in-season trade. Uh, absolutely made a huge impact uh, coming over from uh, Los Angeles really took that defense to the next level. And this is a defense that got better by adding Calais Campbell uh, via trade from the Jacksonville Jaguars. I believe they traded it a fifth round or a seventh round for him. And that was just an absolute steal. So kudos to the management, the front office staff on that one. Matt Judon signed his franchise tag uh, for another year. So they look for him to have a big year. They added Derek Wolf, Parnell McPhee, and, on offense, uh, DJ Fluker, uh, which is really crucial because that kind of goes into my next topic of key losses. And I think the biggest loss for them was Marshall Yonda on the offensive line who retired this past year. Uh, this is a guy who's been an all-pro, one of the best at his position uh, for such a long time. So they look to replace him, and that's absolutely huge. They traded away Hayden Hurst to the Atlanta Falcons. He was a former first-round pick. Well, with the emergence of Mark Andrews, uh, kind of made that deal for them. They also lost Brandon Carr, Josh Baines, uh, Tony Jefferson in the back end. 
going into the NFL draft, you know, once again, Eric Picasso and John Harbaugh, they just draft so well, which is why I think they're so competitive every single year. You know, even going back to drafting guys like Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, and, and stuff like that. It's just kudos to them. And what they did in this draft was in the first round, they selected a linebacker out of LSU, Patrick Queen, who's an absolute stud at that position. Uh, one of the best uh, coming out of the draft, the sideline, the sideline type of defender. Uh, second round, they went and got K.J. Dobbins, running back out of Ohio State, who I truly believe was the best running back coming out of the draft last year. And to get him, uh, he's a first-round talent. Uh, to get him in the second round, absolute steal. Third round, they selected uh, – well, actually, what's really cool about it, in the third round, they had four picks in the third round. And these mid to late picks are so crucial to an organization. These are the guys that, you know, are the diamonds in the ruts. They're the guys who play special teams that make those meaningful impacts in, in special games. So – you know, starting off in the third round, they got Justin Maldabuki, defensive tackle out of Texas A&M. Uh, they also selected Devin Duvernay, wide receiver out of Texas. They also selected Malik Harrison, linebacker out of Ohio State. And then the last pick in the third round, Tyree Phillips, guard out of Mississippi State. And then in the fourth round, they went right back to that offensive line with Brett Benson, guard out of Michigan. In the fifth round, Broderick Washington Jr., defensive tackle out of Texas Tech. In the sixth round, they got James Proch, wide receiver out of SMU. And then in the seventh round, selected Geno Stone, safety out of Iowa. So 10 picks total, like I said, four in the third round. That's so crucial if they may want to make a run back at the Super Bowl this year. Um, what's really going to be cool to watch, absolutely, uh, it's going to be Patrick Queen, former LSU linebacker, going against former LSU quarterback and Joe Burrow twice a year in Cincinnati. That'll be a fun matchup to watch. Patrick Queen, an absolute perfect fit for this defense. Uh, and to be paired up with Malik Harrison out of Ohio State, also a former teammate of Joe Burrow. Uh, they kind of look to bring back that, uh, hey, Tyson, no. Sorry, Tyson's about to destroy my stuff here. Um, you know, Malik Harrison – uh, they look to make that tandem of, you know, the Ray Lewis-Bart Scott combo. Uh, Malik Harrison is a bigger, more physical linebacker. Um, he's going to be crucial to help me stop that run. K.J. Dobbins, an absolute upgrade at running back and just adding more depth to an extremely aggressive running game. And then just to add depth at a couple positions, I mean, they drafted two interior defensive tackles. Uh, two offensive guards, you know, and then two wide receivers. James Push Proch is the kind of the guy everyone's been watching. Uh, both of these guys, Devin Duvery, very, very talented wide receiver. So such an interesting wide receiver group to look at. You know, obviously they got the running game in Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, KJ Dobbins, Gus Edwards, uh, you know, but you know, after Mark Andrews at tight end, who's going to step up? Like, who's going to be the next guy, uh, you know, to make those big plays? And I, I truly believe Marquise Brown has the talent to do it. But, you know, anything can happen with, you know, guys like Devin Duvernay, James Proch, Miles Boykin, Willie Sneed. Uh, these are just kind of a committee 
of wide receivers that, you know, it's going to be kind of right in the hot hand, you know, whoever's, you know, making the plays is going to get the play. Uh, this is a really good offensive line group. Looking at their tackles, Ronnie Staley, Orlando Brown Jr. And then, you know, the position battle at, at right guard, DJ Fluker, Tyree Phillips, Ben Brenson uh, will be an interesting competition. And Marshall Yano is actually a third round pick also. So I really, really like what they did at that uh, on the offensive side of the ball. You know, looking at the defense, once again, they added Calais Campbell, two young de uh, defensive, defensive linemen in the draft. You know, they look to get more pressure with Matt Judon, Jalen Ferguson, Titus Bauer. And then, you know, I, I think in the middle, it's going to be Patrick Queen and Malik Harrison. I think these guys are going to come in right away and make an impact on defense. And this is a really, really good secondary uh, group uh, with Marlon Humphreys, Jimmy Smith, Marcus Peters. All three of these corners are first-round draft picks. So a lot of depth, a lot of versatility for Don Martindale in that defense. Uh, secondary, uh, the safety position with Earl Thomas and Chuck Clark. Uh, really, really talented group right there, and then just – a lot of depth behind them. Looking at the special teams with Justin Tucker and Sam Cooch, uh, you know, just been so good for so many years. Uh, just a great one-two punch for them as well. Uh, kickers are really becoming a dime a dozen in the NFL. It's it's so hard to find a good one with a strong leg who can make those big, big kicks in uh, important, crucial games. So looking back at, you know, what happened at the end of the 2019 season. They went 14-2. They lost a game they should have won in the divisional round to King Henry and the Tennessee Titans. Lamar even admitted that maybe they were just a little bit cocky. They just weren't mentally ready to play that game. And um, Everybody was really looking forward to Lamar versus Patrick Mahomes um, in the conference championship. Obviously, that didn't happen. But, you know, Lamar looks to take his team back into the playoffs and do what Patrick Mahomes did just a couple of years ago where Patrick Mahomes, you know, won the MVP and then last year took his team to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl and got paid a half a billy, like Mark Ingram says. So Lamar Jackson right now is looking to do the same thing. I mean, he just won MVP, had a stellar season. He looks to take another step and get that much better to winning a Super Bowl so he can get paid half a billy. Uh, and like Mark Ingram says, secure the bag, big trust, woo-woo. So it's up to Lamar, you know, this this kind of rests on his shoulders. Can he take that next step and uh, beat Patrick Mahomes? Maybe he doesn't have to beat Patrick Mahomes, but, you know, one thing he has to do is play on it consistently at a high level. And my worry is Lamar's durability. I know he's not injury prone, but if he continues to run, he's more likely to get hurt. And he kind of reminds me of his backup RG3. And I'm not saying that they're the same player. RG3 was not on a good team. And Lamar Jackson is on a great team. Lamar Jackson is way more athletic than RG3. But, you know, just kind of that trend with quarterbacks is they have a really good year. And then, you know, defenses tend to kind of figure them out and, figure out how to defend them better. Uh, so we'll see how Lamar Jackson develops. You know, he doesn't have to do a lot, which is great, uh, but he's going to have to make crucial, crucial plays. This is a division that's a lot better 
this year than it was last year, without a doubt. And, you know, like I said, he's just got to be able to, you know, uh, take hold of this very talented backfield with Mark, Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, and now adding one of the best running backs in all of college football, K.J. Dobbins, who I think is going to be an absolute star. Uh, Ohio State's known for being RBU, and I truly believe that. Mark Andrews, um, second-year man out of Oklahoma, he's a breakout star last year, led the team in yards and touchdowns. So, um, you know, with Hayden Hurst leaving, I expect him to get that much more of a workload. You know, just kind of like what Greg Kittle and Travis Kelsey are for their quarterbacks. I think Mark Andrews is uh, right there in that conversation. Um, It's just, like I said, the question is, I think on offense, really, is who's going to step up opposite of Mark Andrews? Is it going to be Marquise Brown? Is it going to be one of these rookie wide receivers? That's going to be a really tough one to watch. I think Marquise Brown is poised to have an absolutely phenomenal season. He's been working hard in the offseason. I've I've been kind of watching him on the uh, Instagram, and uh, you know I know they've been working out with Antonio Brown, and um, I don't think they don't. I don't think they need Antonio Brown. Um, you know, I just I'll leave it at that. Really with Antonio Brown, <laughs> um, but they do look to replace a really crucial part of that offense in Marshall Yonda. So uh, once again, the wide receivers in the offensive guard position are going to be the key positions to watch this offseason and see how they go into the to the regular season with no uh, preseason coming up. Uh, as far as defense, the top five defense that just got better adding Patrick Queen uh, for in the first round. You know, the thing about in the playoffs is the one thing I remember is just Derrick Henry just stiff arming, uh, you know, Earl Thomas and circles. And that's kind of the, the idea I have in my head. And, you know, with Patrick Queen and Malik Harrison, um, I think they're going to be a dynamic duo you know, in that defense, you know, just just helping stop the run and making that defense that much better. They just they got so much more athletic at that position. What's interesting is Patrick Queen, like I said, was a former teammate of Joe Burrow, and so is Malik Harrison. Uh, you know, from his time in Ohio State, so a lot of familiarity there. It's gonna be interesting to watch them. Like I said, the Baltimore Ravens come from a, a mantra of uh, you know, playing great defense, you know, an interesting duel, all, uh, you know, Ray Lewis, Bart Scott, CJ Mosley, and guys like that. And uh, the AFC North is really about being physical, you know, uh, running the ball and playing good defense. And, you know, like I said, this defense that added Calais Campbell, uh, added some more depth on the defensive line in the draft, uh, an extremely versatile secondary with all the cornerbacks that they have and, Earl Thomas, you know, leading the team with his swagger, uh, his commitment to excellence. Um, if he could just keep his head on straight this year, you know, him and Marcus Peters, uh, this is going to be a really tough defense. And once again, the special teams is on point. Uh, I don't know if the Ravens, the Ravens are actually projected, predicted to win all 16 games. I don't see that happening. Um I just don't. It's so hard to be so consistent year in and year out. And I don't I don't even know if they're going to get to 14 games, to be truthfully honest with you. I think this is going to come down to, you know, 10, 11 wins, maybe 12. You know, just because last year's division was not that great. 
So they were able to get a lot of easy wins against the Pittsburgh Steelers where they were playing quarterbacks like Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges. You know, the Baker and the Cleveland Browns were an absolute disaster last year. And then the Bengals, you know, with uh, all the uh, injuries they had, um, all three of those teams are, are a lot better this year. So this is going to be an extremely competitive division. Uh, there are going to be no easy games. This is all about smash mouth football. So, um, you know, I still believe that the Baltimore Ravens will will take this division once again, uh, just because there are a lot of question marks still going on in those other teams. But um, all in all, you know, that's kind of what I have for the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Uh, guys, just want to thank y'all for, for listening. Um, just so y'all know, you know, my podcasts are really based off like just kind of one take. I just do one take. I just write some stuff down and just kind of go at it. And, um, you know, I really appreciate all the feedback I've been getting, all the support from everybody. And, um, yeah, continue to listen, continue to watch me grow. If you guys have any feedback, please let me know. I appreciate y'all listening. Uh, Be safe out there, Uh, you know, with everything that's still going on. Be kind, be friendly to everybody. You just never know what they're going through in a a day. And, um, yeah, all I got for y'all is just always remember – Go for two.